This is Heather Meckes, Director of Discipleship at CRC, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to see how God is moving in and around you. If you would like to check out more resources, go to coopersvillereform.com. Enjoy the message. One more hand. Incredible, incredible stories of redemption and redemption that is still happening. So thank you, seriously, gentlemen, thank you for sharing your testimonies today. Uh, Would you please stand, if you are able, as we read from Psalm 61. If you're using one of the Pew Bibles, uh, which can be found in front of you, we will be on page 462, again in Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the day of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. You may be seated. On behalf of my family and I, we would like to express our deepest appreciation for the prayers, for the many cards, and boy, do we have a stack of them at home. Helen just says they keep coming, John. The messages, the meals, and more over these last 13 days. Although we are still feeling the weight of the loss of the aftermath of deep lament, we can honestly say, grieving with the love and support of a faith community like the one God has blessed us with here at CRC is far more comforting than whatever the alternative may be. We love you, church, and thank you for loving us back. Before we get into this brief message, would you pray with me? God, I'm grateful for this body. I'm grateful for the love that they show and for the people who you have made them to be. I thank you for the community of faith. And Father, as we briefly look at Psalm 61 again, uh, we pray that you would show up in a marvelous way. We thank you for the testimonies that we just heard and the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of a transformed life in Christ. We thank you for that, and may we be encouraged by each of these men who shared with us today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. On February 20th, 
I preached a message that I entitled Comfort in Uncomfortable Times. And I immediately felt like after preaching it, oh, I wish that I could relive my sermon prep week over again and rewrite that sermon. Well, we're going to look at, and we have looked at already, the same text, Psalm 61, and we're going to look at it again from another angle. This time, we're going to look at it from the angle of tragedy. And um, I had planned on preaching this uh, without knowing what was going to transpire 14 days ago. Tragedy stinks. Tragedy comes in all shapes and forms and sizes. For one person's life, they may endure tragedy more frequently than another person, but what we can all be aware of and we can be sure of is if we are blessed to live long enough, tragedy is going to strike in our life. You can rest assured that. When my wife and I got married, we were so excited to have children. I'll never forget coming home from work and I came home to a present on the kitchen table. I thought to myself, boy, that'd be nice more often, man. Coming home from a long day's work and there's a present with your name on it and a bow, how nice is this? And my wife was standing next to that present. We were married some six or seven months only at this time. And, and she said, open it. And I opened it and I took out a, a bib that said, number one dad. And, uh, and then at the bottom of the box, there was this pregnancy test that was positive. And I was like, woo, you know, I was like Super Bowl, Lotto. Like that was that type of celebration. I was fist pumping. And then I, I get to her, of course, and I'm like, gentle, gentle, right? And give her a nice gentle hug and we're celebrating. It was awesome. A few weeks later, my wife was complaining of some discomfort. I didn't think too much of it at the time, and the discomfort got increasingly worse, and um, we were in communication with her doctor, and, and one night I came home, and my wife uh, used the bathroom, and to this day, I will never forget the shriek that I heard on that night. Our baby uh, didn't make it. After crying on each other's shoulders and heading to the ER, we cried out to God. But if I could be honest in that moment, I just kind of wanted to dig a hole and hide. Prior to that, I was waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning before work and I was spending time with the Lord spending time in prayer, I was reading through the scriptures, big chunks if I could, and, and I was just in a sweet place with God. We, we were new in our marriage, it was a busy season, it was a hectic season, we were newlyweds, we were broke as a joke, but I was up for the challenge because I was soon to be a daddy, and I was a new husband. I had actually written a chorus during my wife's pregnancy. For, for those who, who may not know, I was doing Christian hip-hop music for um, some time. I, I started writing hip-hop music actually at the age of 13. 
and it was very vile and wicked and gross then and the Lord transformed my heart at the age of 17 and and he shared with me that um, I need to share the goodness of God through my music and and so at this time I had actually written a chorus and this was before what we had just endured and in the chorus went like this it's like 5 a.m. I got a meeting with the king and it's like 5 a.m. it ain't all as good as it seems when it's 5 a.m. but I gotta fight through opposition I find myself with the decision stay down or rise up to the mission it's like 5 a.m. I got a baby on the way and it's like 5 a.m. I got like 50 in the bank, but it's like 5 a.m. I'm doing all that I know. I'm holding on to the hope. I'm at the end of my rope, and it's like 5 a.m. I had no desire to write or finish a, a verse or finish the song after what had taken place had taken place. Matter of fact, it was uh, much more difficult to wake up at 5 a.m. after we had endured such a tragedy. It, it became more difficult to meet with the king at 5 a.m. Uh, when you're going through it in life and when you feel like a truck has hit you from the side. It became a bit more difficult to meet with God at 5 a.m. when you're going through a tragic time. In Psalm 61, David is the author, and if you just know a little bit of David's life, you know that David was not immune to tragedy. David had many tragic events transpire in his life. Some, you could make the argument that he put on himself, um, but we also know that many tragedies um, that happened in David's life were not a result of his sin. Uh, they were just a result of life. And so, if you would with me again, one more time, very quickly, uh, we will read through Psalm 61. It reads like this, and we will have the words on the screen for you. You hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day one thing I appreciate about the Psalms and David in particular who is a was one who wrote at least half of the Psalms or just under half of the Psalms are attributed to King David is that the psalmist seemed to call out to God early and often in their writings, in their songs, in this Hebrew poetry that we've been gifted with, this 150 psalm blessing that we have in the Word of God. You don't have to read very long before you realize they're crying out to God, whether it's in tragedy 
or triumph. That is what the Psalms are all about. They're crying out to God and they're inviting the people of God into an artistic rendering of God's redemptive faithfulness to the nations. And this is what we've been gifted with. In these first two verses, David's just crying out to God and he says the same thing in two different ways in a form of Hebrew parallelism. Did you catch it? In verse one, he says, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Essentially, he's saying the same thing. And then right after that, he says, to the ends of the earth, I cry to you. There's beauty and vulnerability with God. David here is not pulling back any punches. He's going through a tragedy, and we could look at David's life and try to find the timeline and what tragedy maybe he was going through, but we know he was going through a tragedy nonetheless. David just gets real here. I feel like, he says, I'm on the edge of the earth crying out to you. I'm calling out to you as my heart is growing faint. I want you to know this morning our honest vulnerability and assessment of what is going on in life is not too big for God. He has broad shoulders. He can handle it. He invites it. He desires it when we come to him in our most vulnerable moments, even, yes, in our most tragic moments. David seems to model that here for us. David is essentially lamenting. I have a quick definition of lament from a book that I really appreciate. I read it last year. Lament can be defined as a loud cry, a howl, or a passionate expression of grief. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Lament is not premeditated. Lament is natural, unexpected result of a heart that is dealing with pain. When I received the news on Sunday night that my brother had suddenly passed away, we were actually talking um, some eight months ago or so, maybe it was six months ago, about a Dalton Teen Challenge in western Michigan. I was giving him some information on it. In the corner was at my mother's home with the worst news that anyone could ever give a mother. I was around at that time 13 other Christ followers who cried out with me here from this church and entered into lament with me. And their prayers seemed to echo David's here when he cries out with the request, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, what my brothers and sisters were doing in that time of prayer where we often have Sunday school or um, the building or the room where uh, we have our food stored for the hand-to-hand -hand ministries. They were helping place me, it felt like, on the rock that was higher than I. The community of faith was being the body of Christ. They were being the community of faith that they were to be. It's important to know that it's 
not just enough to be led to the rock that is higher than you, but we need to be placed on the rock that is higher than I. You know, religion can point you to the rock. Friends, Christ followers can point us to the rock. But are you going to be placed on the rock that is higher than you? Because the waves of this world and the circumstances that we endure in life can easily overcome us if we're not on the rock that is higher than I. Oftentimes, tragedies have a way of reorienting our hearts back to God. Spurgeon once said, tribulation brings us to God and brings God to us. I shared that a couple weeks ago. But as the psalm continues, you can see that David here in Psalm 61, in the midst of tragic times, is not going to go down without a fight. The, the, the psalm doesn't end in lament. The psalm doesn't end there. It'd be fair if it did. It would be completely understandable if it did, but it doesn't. He's reminding himself, even in verse 3, who his refuge is. In verse 4, he simply wants to dwell with God. And as the Hebrew poem continues, it's almost as if he is praying himself in convincing fashion the faithfulness of God in the midst of tragedy, church. There's a reason for hope in the midst of it all, the pain, the loss, the turmoil, the tragedy. We have to remind ourselves we have a God who we can connect with in our despair, in our anger, in our doubting, in our questioning. At our men's retreat this past fall, I got alone with God. We're all encouraged to get alone with God for an hour. It's a beautiful time. And so some guys like Steve in here like to go out in the woods and get bit by bugs and everything else and be alone with God. I'm not one of those guys. I found a room with a nice comfy chair and a table. I closed it, I locked it twice or whatever, and, and I just wanted to get with God in this room. So I got with God, and I went back to that tragedy. I actually had this book, and I realized that there still needed to be some healing for me in that moment of tragedy, of losing our child and we ended up having to go through two more miscarriages along the way. And I just sat before God and wept and listened and prayed. And uh, I, I wrote a second chorus. So the first chorus would stay the same, then a verse would come. And then I wrote a second chorus with some altercations, some, some differences, some nuances in the second chorus, and I will just say this, that there's gonna be some extreme language here, but what God was ministering to my heart, what I believe God ministers to the heart of his people in the book of Psalms and all throughout the Bible is he can handle our extreme language and vulnerability. And so the, the hook, 
the chorus changed a little bit the second time around. He wrote, I got a meeting with the king, and it's like 5 a.m. It ain't all as good as it seems when it's 5 a.m., but I got to fight through opposition. I find myself with the decision, stay down or rise up to the mission. It's like 5 a.m. I got some babies, didn't make it, and it's 5 a.m. I'm pissed off and I can't fake it. It's like 5 a.m. I'm doing all that I know. I'm holding on to the hope. I'm at the end of my rope, and it's like 5 a.m. Church, you may be going through or have went through recently a tragedy or tragedies that have blindsided you. As I've encouraged my own soul, I want to encourage you as well. Keep calling out to God early and often. Keep meeting with the king. Keep pursuing him despite the tragedies that may come to your front door. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, I'm grateful. I am grateful that we do not have to endure tragedies alone. Not only do we have the body of Christ, not only do we have brothers and sisters of which I feel the most grateful for, especially in this season, but Father, we have your presence. We have the presence of the Almighty One. Your shoulders are broad and your dwelling place is high and mighty and strong even in our weaknesses. I thank you, Father, that we can be placed on the rock that is higher than us. And I thank you, Father, for the body of Christ that oftentimes in the midst of hurt and pain and despair has to almost place us there. I thank you, Father, for your work. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your plans even when I do not understand them, for you are sovereign and you alone are good. I will rest in that. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. I invite you to stand if you're able. We're going to close before his benediction, number 493. It is well with my soul.